America show, the guys chat with Caleb Hanks, creator of Gray Street, and co-host of the Grayland Report. All right, guys, welcome back to the Grey America show. Um, we're coming back to you from the igloo here, and with me, as always, is Graham. How's it going tonight, Graham? I'm doing good. A bit freaked out. I just drove through a rainstorm to get here, and the city's flooding, like absolutely flooding. Yeah, that's what I was. I was looking at that on uh, online at some of the pictures and the videos of the. I think it's actually creeped up over the lower level of the bridge now, and there's there's been uh, tens of thousands of people evacuated. Yeah, it's pretty weird being in the middle of a city and being like blocks away from people who are getting evacuated. And I'm luckily I live on a hill, so I'm okay. Yep, and uh, I'm out. We're actually outside city limits uh, at the igloo here, so we're going to be just fine out here. I think we are on water, but it's not gonna. I don't think we need to worry here. Yeah, we're like fifty yards away from the water, though. Yeah, but I can see it. It still looks okay there. See, it's okay. <laughs> we'll be okay. Um. So, uh, anyway, uh, didn't you uh, have something you wanted to clear up about our, our appearance on the Nat and Marie show? Yeah, we were talking about uh, Hillary Clinton on the Nat and Marie show, and as some of our listeners will know, Bill and Hillary have had an interest in UFOs, but I kind of jumped the gun a little bit and mentioned that Clinton had a sighting, and I was, uh, as far as I know, I'm mistaken. I mean, you never know. Maybe he has, but the two presidents that have are Reagan and Carter, and uh, there's a lot on presidentialufos.com about the Clintons, so check that out for sure. There's quotes and quotes, and uh, all, they've been they've been interested in this topic for many years. Um, but yeah, so I sorry about that. I kind of made a little blunder there. I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah, well, we forgive you. I do have a clip I want to play though, because uh, as I mentioned, Clinton has been uh, all over this topic. So I want to play a little clip of him giving a speech, kind of about UFOs. This is from. Uh, Grant Cameron and Neil Gould play this. What I did say was that there, there really is no list or there is a list. The, 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 the secrets. If there is one, I don't know it. I mean, I really, the, the Roswell thing, I think, really was an illusion. I don't think it happened. I mean, I think there are rational explanations that I have succeeded. And I, I did attempt to find out if there were any secret government documents that reveal things. And if there were, they were concealed from me too. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be the first president that underlings have lied to or that career bureaucrats have waited out. But there may be some career person sitting around somewhere hiding these dark secrets even from elected presidents. But if so, they successfully eluded me. And I'm almost embarrassed to tell you I did try to find out. <laughs> Clinton is the shit, man. They should just put him in, in fucking power forever. <laughs> I, I love that though how he says there could be secret keepers behind the scenes and like he didn't even know about it so it's kind of like that you know above above the president you know presidents don't have a need to know anyways if you want to find out more about that like grant cameron's website the presidential ufo.com there's a list of all the presidents you click on them and it's got everything that they've got to do with ufos listed down there super easy to navigate and there's loads of information Hillary Clinton's got quite a few quotes on there too. Yeah, we should. You can you can link to that in the show notes, and yeah. then we should try and get him on sometime. I'd like to like to pick his brain. Yeah, for sure. He's a great guy. Um, so while we're on the subject of presidents, um, 
uh, the, you know, this NSA shit is still uh, all over the place. Actually, most people don't even seem to care, which is kind of funny to me. But uh, they don't they don't really see it as the tip of the iceberg, I suppose, like we do. But uh, I do have uh, Obama's uh, response um, from uh, um, just the other night here. On Americans. Some people say, well, you know, Obama was this raving liberal before. Now he's, you know, Dick Cheney. Dick right. Cheney <laughs> sometimes says, yeah, you know, he took it all lock, stock and barrel. My yeah. concern has okay. always been not that we shouldn't do intelligence gathering to prevent terrorism, but rather, are we setting up a systems of checks and balances? This afternoon, uh, it seems like perhaps uh, he doesn't really address it at all. I guess he sort of just sidesteps it. Yeah, yeah. Here I've got one from him before he was president. <laughs> Let's listen to this. See how it's changed. I will provide our intelligence and law enforcement agencies with the tools they need to track and take out the terrorists without undermining our constitution and our freedom. That means no more illegal wiretapping of American citizens. No more national security letters to spy on citizens who are not suspected of a crime. No more tracking citizens who do nothing more than protest a misguided war. No more ignoring the law when it is inconvenient. That is not who we are. And it's not what is necessary to defeat the terrorists. And uh, <laughs> what I can say... Sorry, I can't help but laugh a little bit. Now, this isn't about Obama or, or partisanship or anything like that. Like, it doesn't matter who would have been coming into president, what party they belong to. Like, they don't control it. They don't have any choice in this. No, he's just there for four years and or eight years, and he's out. And, um, you know, it's funny, but I, I'm pretty sure, like, the president is supposed to be just an, an elected representative for the people to take the people's cases to, to Congress um, is what it used to be. Nowadays, it seems it's more like a, um, I don't know what, I don't even know what you'd call it. A puppet show? Puppet, yeah, puppet master. Well, a puppet for the puppet master, I suppose. So maybe um, Clinton's right then. There's a, you know, a bunch of secret keepers. Oh, guaranteed. Fuck, guaranteed he's right, man. I guarantee it. Um, I got this clip from a U.S. center about this Monsanto, too. My wife just fucking hates them. I, I, I don't like Monsanto either. Like, I've, I've talked about uh, some GMOs and shit in the past on here, but don't confuse that with me being pro-Monsanto. Um, I'm just, uh, I, I think the research and the science is, uh, there is a place for that. But So anyway, here's, uh, here's Senator Johnny Tester uh, with his thoughts on, on the recent Monsanto, Monsanto Pro Protection Act, as, as it's been dubbed. And the House tells the USDA to ignore any judicial ruling regarding the planting of genetically modified crops. Its supporters are calling it farmer assurance provision. But all it really assures is a lack of corporate liability. So uh, obviously he's not uh, too fond of the idea. Hey, have you heard about that uh, documentary called Genetic Roulette? No, I just watched Sirius the other day again, though. No, let's, let's, uh, here, I got a clip here, a uh, preview of genetic roulette. Experiment. The havoc that it will cause will be across the entire spectrum of disease. What the problem was is I guess he said that they weren't able to process the food correctly and they would bloat up and die from it. They could put it on the market without telling the FDA or to consumers. It became clear that the FDA had been lying repeatedly since 1992. It's not just an agriculture issue. It's not just a food industry issue. It's an ever-living creature issue. And if we don't do anything within a decade, every single major crop with any significant market size is going to be genetically modified, and we're not going to know it. The world can get rid of it. The world should get rid of it. The sooner, the better. Now. 
we look at what they're eating and we take out the genetically modified foods and the industry foods and they all get better. It never doesn't work. That's pretty serious stuff. Let's, uh, I actually have a reaction from Monsanto here I'd like to play. Let's see what, what their uh, rebuttal is. What is this? Now this is a story all about how Our life is spent wiping sweat off our brow And we'd like to take a minute just to stop and say What goes down on the farm in a typical day Central Kansas, born and raised on the family farm is where we spend most of our days, chilling out, feeding cattle morning and night, and all doctoring the one. I'm just kidding. That's uh, the Peterson Farm Boys. I can't get enough of these guys on. They're fucking hilarious. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> no, I haven't. You, or you should check it out. We, I, I'm gonna put it in the show notes. Let's see. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna play another one here for you. Just, just I just found out about these guys the other day. Appar- that, apparently, they're a big thing. Is that an actual song about Monsanto or just farming? No, it's just about farming. I just. Oh, yeah, listen, this shit is fucking hilarious, man. Here it comes. This one's fucking hilarious, man. You might have heard this one before. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, I like I'm just going to skip ahead here. What's for dinner? I say beef. Gotta feed everybody. Gotta feed everybody. Gotta feed everybody. Uh-huh, I work outside. Gotta feed everybody. Gotta feed everybody. Gotta feed everybody. Uh-huh, I work outside. When I step to the bunk, yeah, this is what I see. Uh-huh. All the hungry cattle are staring at me. I got passion for my plants, and I ain't afraid to show it. Show it, show it, show it. I'm farming and I grow it. Oh, that fuck. We'll link to that in the show notes. These guys are hilarious. You got to check them out. Yeah, I want to... Yeah, the fuck. I was looking for something for, like, the pro side. Like, why... I mean, why do the farmers buy the seeds in the first place? Or, like, you know, I don't know. It's hard to find. I couldn't find anything. No one. No one's really saying. I, I couldn't even find anything from Monsanto. It seems tough. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Anyways, that's a genetic roulette. I only played about half the trailer there, but... Uh... I think that came out a few months ago. Oh, it's already out? Yeah. Is it on YouTube or is it like a... I think if you go to uh, geneticroulettemovie.com, I think you can get it there. Is it free? Uh, probably not. Oh. So when do we have RPJ coming up next? That's Red Pill Junkie, our uh, regular contributor to Grimerica. He's coming up uh, next, next, in, next episode. Yeah, we're recording with him this weekend. Oh, cool. For, it'll be before the Scotty Roberts interview. This weekend? Like in two days? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like, I haven't even talked to him yet if we're going to do it on maybe probably Saturday or Sunday. I don't know what are your, I don't, we'll, we'll talk about that later, but um, he's on the next episode anyway. And uh, you've got us uh, on Audible now, right? Yeah, we're on, uh, you can go to uh, audibletrial.com forward slash Grimerica uh, and you get a free book there. Um, so Audible's kind of uh, a show sponsor now, so we're happy to have them on board. Yeah, I love audiobooks, as you know, and two of my favorite uh, narrators are Stefan Rudnicki and Scott Brick. I, I can't help but mention those guys again, especially if you're into sci-fi, 
sci-fi books, that type of stuff, they they do a lot of those narrations. Yeah, I've I actually I haven't listened to one in a while. I've got a bunch of fucking. I have that uh, cooking in the kitchen with Einstein or whatever still to read. I I did do that. Uh, that memory book, I forget what was that. That was uh, with jo- it was written by Joshua Four. Yeah, you forgot about the memory book. <laughs> I forgot the title <laughs> of the memory book. Um, fuck, I want to say it had Einstein in there somewhere. Huh. I've got Sex at Dawn lined up. Oh yeah, that's um, what's his name, Christopher uh, Christopher Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. So yeah, see, so, yeah, you can you can go through the website too. Uh, that we've got audible links there as well, but you can. Uh, you can also just go to audibletrial.com forward slash Grimerica. You get a free book. Uh, I think you do have to give your credit card info, but uh, everything's free. If you cancel within 30 days, you still get your free book. But uh, chances are you, you're you're not going to cancel. No, the thing about Audible is you get a free credit every month anyway. So what if you're going to listen to like one or two books a month, you're pretty much getting a two-for-one deal anyways. Yeah, exactly. So everyone should check it out. And it and, uh, it supports Grimerica as well. That's uh, one way you can support Grimerica. We've also, I've added uh, a little Amazon. We joined up for Amazon uh, affiliates. So we've got all, all the books from any of the authors uh, that we've we've had on uh, or that we've got coming up, like Micah Hanks' UFO Singularity. We've got Scotty Stanley, Roberts. Yeah, Scotty Roberts. Uh, <clears throat> Nick Redfern. Nick Redfern. I didn't put his book on there yet. I just found out Nick was coming on today, so I'll add his book on there right away. But uh, Dennis McKenna's is on there. Michael Cremo. We just booked him for uh, the 25th of July. And, of course, Dennis is coming up the first week of July. We've got Scotty Roberts right away and Robbie Graham next week. So uh, we're going to be busy here. Uh, uh, at some point, we are going to have to slow down the pace. So... Uh, you guys will have to bear with us on that. We've been going pretty hard here. Yeah, but it's good to keep it going fast now. Uh, get on that new and notable category in iTunes. So yeah, and reviews help too. So if you guys uh, find it in your heart to write us a review, that'd be great as well. Um, so yeah, if you go to Amazon and you it, you can just go to Amazon and search and get the books, sure. But if you go through the Grimerica website, then once again you're you're helping support the show, um, which is kind of important because we just went out and got a bunch of new gear. So hope we should be sounding better on this episode. I'm hoping. So. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get used to it, like shoving my face up to a mic here. Maybe someone can uh, email us in and let us know if the audio is any better, if it was worth the uh, the money in gear. Well, actually, I I got the microphone for. Uh, for Father's Day for my lovely daughter and uh, and my wife. So uh, that kind of set the ball rolling for us to set up our whole studio. So so that was nice. And what else did you get for Father's Day? I got a nice uh, my heart here on the wall, and I got these hands that say I love you this much and a finger-painted drawing. And some healing? Uh, no, I actually I still haven't done my crystal healing session. with. We, we've been so busy. But uh, I think I'm going to do it tomorrow night after the little one goes to sleep. Because my wife went, um, on Saturday she went and she's a certified crystal healer of some sort. Now, I, I she's got her certificate. Of, I didn't really read it, but <laughs> she's certified and she's going to give me a crystal healing uh, over the weekend. So by the time my next episode, I should be able to let you guys know how that went. Maybe I'll be like uh, ascended and shit. You're usually pretty skeptical about that stuff, though. But you know, as you know, that's kind of right up my alley. I'm not ashamed to say so. Yeah, I'm. I'm still skeptical, but she's my wife, and I love her, so I'll let her try her uh, voodoo on me. I'm kind of the more new agey guy out of us, but uh, and I got a good healing uh, healing story actually, and it's kind of pertaining to Father's Day in a way because it was about my father. If you want to hear it, do tell. Yeah. So 
he was sick, like terminally sick with uh, cancer in palliative care. And my sister and I took him to this uh, Korean spiritual healer, like a energy kind of healer. And we went there for a couple sessions and he ended up powering up this crystal ball for us uh, for my dad at his bedside. Anyways, he came out of uh, palliative care and traveled around with my uncle, my aunt and my mom for like six to eight months. So, uh, you know, who knows, probably more than more than just that, obviously, that contributed to his well-being for a while there. But uh, you never know. Interesting story. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, well, I have heard a lot about the power of crystals and, and whatnot. I mean, obviously, there there's something there. I, I mostly like to be skeptical just to get my wife's goat sometimes. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk about our little psychedelic soiree last night we tried to go to? Uh, sure, yeah, if you want. There's not much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, we got uh, denied at the door. Um, so here, I'll I, back up a bit. I think it was because... Uh, Graham looks like a cop, but um, let's let <laughs> so <laughs> let's hear uh, Graham's side of why we why what happened after I I drove all the way into the city for the event. By the way, I I, I just want to state that. So we we uh, there was this book launch. I think the book was called Decomposing the Shadow. I mean, I don't really want to advertise it yet because we weren't even allowed into the event. But I had signed up online uh, through a meetup group. And I uh, invited Darren to come down and we were going to try and get some like interviewees for the podcast or talk to the author and tell them about how we're going to do the psychedelic episode and talk about entheogens and healing. And we get to the door and I'm pulling my <laughs> cash out and they're like, oh, uh, yeah, the, the event's full. And I'm like, well, I signed up online and like, sorry, the event's full. Uh, we can't let you guys in. <laughs> I guess I was looking a little too normal. I had my... <laughs> I had my Pink Floyd shoes on and my crazy shirt. I mean, yeah, but everyone there was fucking stoned on acid or mushrooms, and you come all physically fit with a nice haircut. I guarantee you. They thought we were narcs. So, so anyways, I was gonna tell them. I was gonna say, look, you know, we we're doing this we're podcast not and we want to do this interview, but I didn't think it was gonna be worth it. So. Um, so, uh, I don't know, you want to take a quick break? Yeah. Because uh, I, I got a bunch of clips from this. Mar- I found uh, some more audio from uh, Bass Lansdorp there, the, the Mars One uh, guy. That oh, I, wa- right. I want to go through a bit of that before we do uh, the thing and get into Caleb. So let's take a quick break here. All right. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes here, guys. here guys so um i tracked down some more uh, uh some more audio on this uh mars one uh bars landstorp he's the guy in charge of it uh, of course that's the uh humans to mars uh forever to die that uh, i think is a scam and graham of course uh would go would go in a in a heartbeat um after i, I after listening to this though this guy i think he really thinks uh really thinks it's a, a good idea maybe it's not a scam but i still think uh, not much is going to come of it you're still obsessed with it, though. Yeah, I am. I am still obsessed with it. That's for sure. So uh, 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play uh, a couple cuts of audio uh, out of this interview here for you guys, and, and uh, you guys can uh, make up your mind for yourselves. So here's, uh, here's Mr. Lansdorp addressing the, uh, the, the food problem uh, the astronauts are going to face. So they will find that habitable settlement, but there's a lot of work to be done. They will need to do a lot of construction. They will deploy the rest of the solar panels. They will install the hallways between the modules. Uh, they will activate the greenhouse equipment to grow their own food on Mars. Of course, they will have emergency rations, but we hope that they can rely on their own food production. So there you have it. They, uh, they're hoping they won't have to uh, rely on the, the emergency rations. Of course, well, what happens if they do is my question. How much emergency rations are they going to have? He, he didn't really get into that, but he did find time to, uh, to mention how many people he's uh, charged $40 for uh, an application. Are you one of them yet, Graham? Uh, no, I haven't uh, taken that step yet. Are you going to represent Gramerica on well, Mars? It just seems a bit like, uh, like winning the lottery, you know? Like you yeah. Really just, you know, you never know. And just about four weeks ago, four weeks and two days ago, actually, we launched our astronaut application process. We invite people from all over the world to apply to become one of our astronauts. And the response on that has been truly tremendous. In the first one and a half weeks, we have received more than 78,000 applications. 78,000 people have, have subscribed to, to become one of our astronauts from all over the world, from more than 120 different countries. And this was in the first one and a half weeks. And we're, we're waiting to announce the, the current figures until we have a nice round uh, figure. But people are so interested in this. Space interests people as long as you do exciting things. So he goes on to talk about uh, how they're going to choose uh, uh, one, one person from four different countries and uh, two men and two women and send them off to Mars. So I guess uh, it's almost like an arranged marriage. Out of, those, uh, out of those four, two of them need to couple up to, or, or wait a couple years for the next batch, I guess. But the next batch is probably never coming. Why do you say that? Well, I don't know. It's either that or you spend the rest of your life alone. No, why do you say the next batch is never coming? Well, well, let's see if the first batch even, uh, even, even goes before we get uh, too into it. Well, your chances are probably just as good as a successful marriage in North America. Well, yeah, maybe I suppose. <laughs> You're signing up right now. I'm registering right now, but it's uh, taking quite a while, so there might be a problem here. Uh, so you're just gonna give away forty dollars? Well, it hasn't asked for any money yet. Oh. I'm pretty sure it's going to ask for some money. Um, so anyway, I got another clip here. Uh, someone asked him uh, how he, how he's uh, if he if he thinks people are going to get bored with it after kind of you know after the launch and the landing, it's it could get kind of kind of stale. So here's uh, here's Bass Landorp's uh, resp uh, response to that. So the question is: uh, After Apollo uh, 11, uh, there was a, a quick decline in the interest of the audience. How how are we going to solve that for the third and the fourth mission? And of course, sustaining the people who are now living on Mars the rest of their lives. Um, the rest of your so life. So we've talked about that with <laughs> media people from all over the world, with experts. And first, the first answer is, uh, we will make this a mission about about humanity going to Mars. So these are not just uh, just people that were selected by the space agency, we will involve the audience in picking the people after, of course, we've made sure that only the qualified people are there. And 
so these will not just be people, these will be our TV friends, which we follow in the training. Our TV friends will be going to Mars. And that will uh, assure, according to all the media experts we talk to, a much longer interest than, the, uh, than, in the, uh, than was there in the Apollo missions. So he's basically claiming that people, uh, this will be, be more interesting than, uh, than the moon landing, I suppose. I guess the moon landing was only once, and Survivor has been on TV for an awful long fucking time. True that. Uh, my registration was successful, so I'll, I'll let you know the next time we talk about this. I'll have to go through the whole email, check your, uh, check your, you know, check your link and all that. Did they stuff. charge you? Not yet. I'm sure I have to do some sort of uh, application. You probably have to do a video. You can do do one like the Peterson Farm Boys. <laughs> so of course it's going to take a a lot more than. Uh, your forty dollars now, and I guess a hundred thousand other people's forty dollars. That I mean, four million dollars is really peanuts when it comes to trying getting into space. Yeah, I mean, you must get something out of it, don't you? Get a little trinket or something back. Well, you get to go to. Oh, no, I don't if think you, you don't get, get fuck all, man. Nothing. Sorry. Better luck next time. Okay, like maybe you get uh, like instant feed, or like do you get to see stuff before anybody else? No, I, I don't know. I, I haven't tried to register. You tell you tell us next okay, week. I'll tell you. Here's where uh, he figures he's going to get uh, the rest of his money uh, to keep this shit, shit going. Because, I mean, you can't just throw these fuckers on Mars and forget about them. you got to uh, keep funding it. Like, even if the show goes under, he's got to keep these people alive on Mars. They're kind of his problem once they're gone, I think. No? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, show course. got canceled. <laughs> You're on your own. Yeah, by your timeline, you're uh, about three years away from your first launch, and there won't be any people on that launch, so you don't quite have that same human element to gin up interest. So uh, where's the money coming from for the first unmanned launch with such a close timeline? Well, this is really, this is our biggest challenge. So the, the peak interest will be when humans leave and when humans land. So we have, we have already substantial interest, also from the media, uh, there's, we're talking to, I, I just came from LA, where we're talking to people about uh, the, the selection format, because we will first have our experts determine which, which of the candidates that we have on our website are good, but once there are only qualified people left, we want to involve the audience in deciding who are our envoys of mankind to the next planet, because this is the most important election ever, and we believe that people should have a say in that. So that, there will already be a lot of excitement, but you're absolutely right, we won't make the six billion before we need it. Uh, so there we need to uh, uh, convince uh, investors, uh, partners, sponsors, media companies that this is actually going to happen. Because they say, if you, can, if you can demonstrate to us that this will really happen, then the money is not an issue. So our, our, our plan is to take uh, small steps. So having the, the first conceptual design studies done by our suppliers now, showing those results, so showing the additional, uh, uh, the additional technical uh, readiness to our to our investors, uh, asking them and and our partners for more funds to go to the design, the detailed design, and th that way, step by step, working towards financing finally, uh, pre-financing the six billion dollars uh, that we need to send to first humans. But that's what you just point out is definitely our biggest challenge. The money always seems to be the biggest challenge, eh? Yep. Six billion bucks. He says he's got the money lined up if he can prove he's going though. What do you think, you believe? You did, you're you're a part of Mars One now. You're like uh, a team yeah, just member. about yeah. I just gotta pay my forty bucks and I'm maybe a ask so. for like a hat or a t-shirt or something. 
And of course, uh, the last biggest question of what, what do you think uh, Mr. Lansdorp has to, to say about himself going to Mars maybe one day, Graham? What do you think? You think he's going to join you there? I doubt it. <laughs> Let's hear what he has to say. Time's up, I think. Baz, I have oh, a he's trying to get out of it. <laughs> yeah. In what sequence will you be going to Mars? <laughs> yeah, I started off my presentation by telling you that I started working on this because I wanted to go to Mars. Um, there's a few, a few reasons why I will not be going. Uh, first of all, I have a really nice girlfriend and she's not coming with me and I don't want to go without her. But actually more importantly, I think, I, I just told you that we will be sending mankind's envoys to the next planet. So the audience, you will determine who is going to Mars because as I said, it's the most important election ever. And I think it would be truly wrong if I would jump queue and take one of the seats. So yeah, I'll stay right here. Of course, uh, he's going to stay right here. Yeah, he's got to run the show from down there, right? Yeah, I guarantee you he's, uh, he worked out that answer before he even started the Mars one. Oh, he's like, yeah. fuck that shit. <laughs> I am not going to Mars. That's like the perfectly... The, uh, he couldn't answer that any better. That is 100% scripted. I wonder how many times he's had to say that. Not many, I don't think. No, you don't think he... I, I think that'd be like the first... If he comes on here, that's the first thing I'm asking why aren't you going? Yeah, but you wouldn't go if you were organizing this whole thing. You wouldn't jump jump Q and go, would you? Why not? It's his party. He's talking about how great it is. and Yeah, but that's like, a, I don't know. Well, we'll have more on that uh, as, as we roll along anyway, because like we say, Graham has just signed up uh, live on the recording uh, to Mars One. So. And, and Darren's obsessed with the subject. Oh, yeah, because I still think it's a scam. We'll see. If he is, he's playing it off well. But um, I, I suppose that would bring us to uh, to the man of the hour, uh, Mr. Caleb Hanks. Yeah, Caleb, uh, Micah's brother and uh, co-host for the Grayleen Report. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and creator of uh, Gray Street, uh, the Gray Street webcomic uh, over at GraylianReport.com as well. And all the music that they do, or at least some of the music, and I mean, geez, I think Open Minds is even using his music now. Yeah, yeah, he does, he makes his own dubstep and shit, we kind of get into that in the interview, it yeah, sounds sounds cool. tricky. Yeah, it is pretty cool, and then he plays in a bluegrass band as well. So uh, we, we met Caleb at Paradigm Symposium last year. Uh, and he's uh, quite the individual. He's oh, real. He's, he's one. He's fucking hilarious. One of the funniest, funniest guys you'll meet. So I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him again this year, uh, if uh, if I can make it down. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everything comes together with that, and we can make it down there, and uh, maybe get you guys uh, a couple line up a couple interviews while we're down there. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to hearing what uh, what he's got to say about the new stuff going on with uh, the Graylian and, and his Gray Street comics and anything else. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't uh, checked out Gray Street yet, you should over at, like I say, at graylianreport.com. There's a big, big banner right there. Or, or, of course, you could go to graylianreport.com front slash Gray Street, uh, G-R-A-Y, of, of course, because uh, he is based out of uh, the U.S. where they spell gray a little differently than we do up here in Canada. Do they spell gray as a color, like G-R-A-Y? G-R-A-Y, yeah. Hmm. Here it's G-R-U-I. Hmm. That's kind of my nickname, gray. It's interesting. Is that because of all your gray hair? Uh, no. Oh, just check it. <laughs> because of my name. <laughs> so uh, Caleb's also like this artist extraordinaire, right? I love these guys that have all these artistic endeavors, right? He's into the music and the, the drawings and the, um, you know, the, the podcasting and... 
Yeah, and as as a musician myself, I can really I I can really connect with that. I, I'm gonna try making that dubstep. Uh, you guys will hear a little bit about it later on, but it sounds really uh, really interesting. Probably challenging, but something to something to give a whirl, I'd imagine. So uh, I suppose without uh, further ado, we've uh, we've about summed it up here. So let's go ahead and get into our, our chat with Caleb, and we'll we'll come back and uh, sum it up after we're done. Hi guys, welcome to the Grimerica Show. Uh, we got uh, Caleb Hanks tonight from the Graylian Report, um, also the creator of Gray Street webcomic. But uh, as usual, we've got Graham with me here. How's it going tonight, Graham? I'm doing good. Excited as usual. So how have you been, Caleb? Doing pretty good, Darren. Uh, thanks for having me. So what? Uh, where did you get the inspiration to start Gray Street? Uh, well, honestly... I will start off by saying, um, you know, I, I'm a big supporter of the arts. Uh, I've been playing music for a really long time, and this was the first webcomic endeavor that I ever really tried to just throw myself into, not even knowing what I was doing, and just say, you know what, let's try this thing out. But I always thought, uh, as long as Micah was doing the Graylian Report, I, I wasn't always a part of it because I was doing bands. I had a band called the Nova Echo, and we were kind of trying to do the band thing, but the economy was just not really rocking for us, so we decided let's uh, do some things that can actually pay our rent. So uh, when uh, I came on board with the Grayling Report after that kind of chapter had closed, I was kind of thinking of different ways that you could utilize captivating artistic expression to kind of build a world around build a little bit more of a world that people could be a part of around, um, you know, the radio show as it was. And Micah had always kind of had that theatrical kind of thing about the Grayling Report where they had had some little radio dramas that they'd done where Hadels, the underground humanoids, had broken into the bunker and, and they had to fight them off with shotguns and stuff like that. And I always thought that stuff was hilarious. So uh, when I came on board, I decided, you know, this could be something really, really fun. And plus, Micah was like, well, what do you think about doing, like, I don't know, like a comic series? And I was like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> that sounds really, really cool. So, you know, the the whole idea is just to kind of get, uh, get people involved, give them a story to follow, and just kind of make it fun for everybody. Because it can be kind of cut and dry when you're always talking about, uh, you know... <laughs> the scientific aspects of how a ghost phenomenon or a UFO could appear. So, yeah, just trying to kind of take it in that direction. Yeah, I know exactly exactly what you mean. That's kind of that's kind of one of the things I really like about the Grayling Report, how it always has that kind of kind of loosey-goosey touch to it at the same time. But but yeah, the comic's great. I've really enjoyed it so far. You're you're a fabulous artist. I'll give you that for sure. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, this is like the the first time that I've like I said, the first time I really tried to do anything like this, so the the style of the art, I tried to make pretty decently simplistic. So I would 
get to that Monday night deadline when the Tuesday or when it's supposed to be up Tuesday and just be like, okay, I can do this. Give me, you know, six hours or so and I'll try to crank one out. But, um, you know, I think for what it is, the, the artwork has turned out pretty appealing. Yeah, it's got a pretty cool style to it. I like it. Thanks. Is it like painted and shit? Like, do you paint the mountains the gray or is that like a... It's actually a pretty... Uh, uh, it's pretty interesting process. I, I literally sketch everything out on just like a notepad and then um, I'll um, scan it in and then I'll put that in Photoshop and then I'll just color everything over. I'll just kind of like ink it, so to speak, because like, you know, they would draw it in like the old comic book style and then they would take a pen and ink it. But I do all the inking, quote unquote, digitally. And I do all that in Photoshop. And um, then there's like see-through layers of texture that that is applied and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of a... It's a little. It can be a little bit of a strange process uh, getting into the workflow of it, but I think I've kind of got it down pat at this point. Yeah, my wife's pretty good with that Photoshop shit. I, I'm not too prolific with it. I, I figured out how to change the size of pictures. That's about as far as I've got. <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've uh, when I left school, uh, I didn't really do too well in like high school because I'm I'm just more of a visual kind of hands-on learner. I just wasn't very good at learning out of books and uh and i was super distracted by being in a classroom full of 30 other people that are just like giggling and all that sort of stuff so i had a lot of trouble learning in school and uh when i left uh, high school and did the whole you know uh extra or the uh homeschooling deal uh i pretty much started learning how to design websites and um and learning photoshop and stuff like that so i've been using photoshop for quite a while when did you first get in with your brother? When did he uh, kind of lasso you into the the whole grail? Like, have you always been in aliens and shit too? Or, oh yeah, I mean, seriously, when Micah and I were kids, our dad had like three or four, uh, three novels primarily. That one was a uh, Bigfoot, uh, in search of Bigfoot or something like that. Uh, one was about Loch Ness monster, and one was about UFOs. And um, <laughs> all three of them scared the ever living crap out of us and we loved them and like we just were always fascinated with like hunting for a sasquatch or looking for a ufo or something like that and uh you know obviously micah kept with it pretty seriously and and formed the grayling report and i was always kind of behind the scenes but i you know i've literally been playing i started you know bands back when i was 15 and i was out playing shows and uh, going on small tours and um, doing that since I was like 15 up until about two years ago when our band just decided finally. I was like, man, I've just done this way too long and I just didn't even really like the lifestyle anymore. I didn't want to be on the road. I honestly hated it. <laughs> and So I just decided, uh, you know, yeah, I'll come with Mike at a Paradigm Symposium that, uh, you know, the event where we met up in Minneapolis. And uh yeah, I'll come along and help you and, you know, see see what happens. But, I mean, honestly, it really was a kind of paradigm shift moment because I realized, like, man, there's a lot of potential for the Grayling Report and I'm not doing anything right now. So, might as well just kind of jump on and help him out. And, I mean, it's been so much fun ever since I've come on board because, you know, I started doing the show and very shortly after the the listenership really started reaching out to me and they would, you know, send me 
tweets and all kinds of thing like in support and I'm like, "Oh wow, people actually don't hate me on the show." So that's that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was great meeting you at Paradigm and and you're just hilarious. Like you had, you know, group, <laughs> groups of people howling and laughing and uh, it's good for you to contribute to the grayling like that too because you've got the the technical background a bit too right like i i don't have much of a an audio technical background darren's like our expert on on this side but i'm the expert on everything actually so. <laughs> well i appreciate that yeah i definitely when i was at paradigm i was just because when i get around a group of people man i just the brain is going a thousand miles an hour and i just i have to embrace the humor i tone it back a little bit for the grayling show because you don't want it to get too zany out there. Some of the listeners are just like, you know, it's a little much. But, you know, um, yeah, as far as the production end goes, um, I do produce the show. I fire off the music. Um, and um, a lot, pretty much all of the music that we're playing on the Grayley Report, I've, I've done um, by myself. Um, Micah did the theme song, uh, which is really, really cool, the, the rock theme song. But uh, I actually, um, last fall, I was really, I've always been interested in electronic music. And um, last fall, I just decided, you know, this is something I'm pretty passionate about. And I started um, taking classes with some DJs out of uh, Vancouver, actually, hmm. um, a guy named DJ Vespers. And um, I did an online webinar with him where he just kind of goes through and shows you how to get the you know good sounding audio and the right compression techniques to make um electronic music sound good because one of my main um projects that I've been working on um I'm still working on and I kind of have to neglect a little bit because there's certain other priorities such as Grayley and Report but I'm putting together a an uh, a web another web comic kind of deal um called The Clerk which is a character I've had for some time now and I'm going to be releasing it all for free online. Um, it's going to be a webcomic, and it's also going to be free music that people can kind of download. So there's going to be the whole immersive kind of virtual world that you can just get so into. You can you know download the music, you can have it for free, and just kind of live in this kind of post-singularity crazy comic book world with you know man and machine merging into one and <laughs> all kinds of craziness. That's awesome. That sounds great. Yeah, you should uh, send us some uh, some music and we'll we'll play it for you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm getting uh, the first primary three tracks done. Hopefully within the next few months. I've got a lot of the music done. Still need to write some lyrics and stuff. But as soon as I get that stuff, I will definitely send it along. I remember at the UFO Congress, uh, I was listening to you and Mark D'Antonio talking about how you create dubstep music, and I was just like, what the fuck are they talking about? But it was pretty fascinating <laughs> getting right into the nitty-gritty of like how you actually do it. Yeah, it was oh, cool. man, yeah. Man, Mark how D'Antonio... Do you, no, wait, whoa, 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 I missed that shit. How do you do that shit? I'll tell you, uh, it's, it is not easy, and that's one of the funnier things about a lot of people's opinion of electronic music and they're like oh man anybody can jump on a macintosh and just you know make this stuff and it's a flash in the pan kind of music and blah 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 i've heard all kinds of people say that and it is unassumingly difficult i mean it is extremely difficult and one of the main ways that you make these signature dubstep growls that that you'll hear uh is that you will create a vowel formant um, by um, blending uh, sine waves, and once you create that vowel formant, you can. One of the methods is that you can um, use a bit reduction, 
and it just kind of crushes it and it just gives this guttural scream and a lot of people that they don't really know how it's done have asked if you know if some of these dubstep sounds are like people actually voicing these sounds and then they manipulate them but it's incredible how synthesizers can manipulate a a vowel sound like a human voice it's absolutely crazy so that's what it that's what it is is you just take a couple like basically you could just get, take a couple bits of human speech and and manipulate them it doesn't even have to be human speech. Um, there's just a frequency spectrum in which creates a the the vowel kind of um, spectrum <laughs> to to put it in just a terrible explanation of how that goes. But uh, yeah, you can do it completely with sine waves. You don't even have to use a human voice at all. What are you just using, like Audacity or something like that? Uh, there's a couple of uh, synthesizers, uh, multi-oscillating synthesizers. Uh, Native Instruments is a company that makes a lot of them. Um, one or two of the primary ones are one called Massive and another one called FM8, and they are just incredible pieces of software. Like they're so incredibly complex. Like I feel like you could spend your entire life trying to learn how to use them, and you know, <laughs> you'd still not be a master of it on the day you died. I uh, I'm gonna try that shit, man. Yeah. No, I love I love electronic music, like all all different types of it. So it's kind of fascinating for me. Oh yeah, definitely. I used to play in a band myself, actually. What did you play? I played. I was playing bass in the band. I can play a bit of drums, simple beats. Um, I can play guitar, and but uh, now I got rid of all my bass stuff. Now I got myself a piano. So I've been trying to learn piano, and then I kept uh, an acoustic guitar around. Oh, super cool, man. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, you know, Micah and I play bluegrass um, in a band called Nitrograss, and so I'm always out playing the mandolin, and uh, that has been the most difficult instrument ever. <laughs> Is that what uh, we heard MU uh, on Mysterious Universe, little clips of your guys' music? You know, that's funny, because that actually wasn't us. <laughs> they just found some generic bluegrass band, and they're like, this is, this is what they play, right? That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, about it. I, I didn't hear the actual clip, but Micah told me about it. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, they did it a few times. That's awesome. So, hey, I wanted to get back quickly to, uh, to Gray Street for a bit. So how many issues do you have out there? Um, right now, I think that we're at um, 15 pages so far. Um, uh, just for the listeners to, to get to Gray Street, it's just graylianreport.com uh, forward slash Gray Street. And, um, With an A. Yeah, with an A. G-R-A-Y street. For our Canadian listeners. In Canada, we spell gray pro- properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, I've seen it spelled G-R-E-Y quite a few times. Um, but yeah, we're up to 15 pages. I do it as a weekly update. It's up at 8 o'clock every Tuesday, Eastern Standard Time. I don't know, I guess. I, just America time on the East Coast. That's when it's up. Hashtag America. So when but, are you uh, when are you coming out with the Fifty Shades of Grey Street episode? <laughs> That's funny because uh, one of our other f- listeners was like, "When are we getting Fifty Shades of Graylian?" <laughs> you can have Grimerica on there uh, for that one. You, you can you can tie me up. That's okay. We'll just get all the, all our buddies together. We'll get Red Pill Junkie and we'll make a calendar. As, l- as long as he's not wearing that luchador mask, that's pretty funny, eh? Dude, he'll he'll never. <laughs> I don't think the public will ever see him without that on. But yeah, um, I I'm shooting for either. I kind of do it as like issues. So if we ever decided we wanted do, to do prints, they'd be twelve page issues. And I'm thinking maybe either three or four issues per season 
Um, but it's, you know, it'll just be an ongoing online thing that you'll be able to see every Tuesday. Yeah, that's kind of kind of nice. You can kind of just kind of build off it and then print it out, you know, when you've got a, a hundred pages or so and make a little book out of it even. Yeah, I, I think something like that would translate nicely to, you know, a little magazine or graphic novel thing. If you were to get a couple seasons together, turn it into one coffee table book or something, that could be pretty fun. So how long have you been doing the Graalian now with, with, with Micah? Since, what, I'd say, what, November or so? Um, well, directly after Paradigm Symposium, which was in uh, uh, mid to late October last year, I kind of sat in as the silent producer. I would just kind of take care of the feed and make sure that everything was sounding good. And when you have baby Hadels chewing at the wires in your bunker, there's like few <laughs> things that you have to keep up on. Uh, but when um, a couple months after that, I came on board uh, because the other guys had some stuff going on. And I think that was in February, maybe. I could be wrong, maybe January. But ever since then, I've been going strong. So now that you've had to actually like focus on the Graylian, I mean, even though you've been interested in these topics before, has your, has your view changed at all? Or has your, uh, has your, you know, your perception of everything changed? You know, not really. Um, because... I'm always in contact with my brother, and we're always talking about this stuff. Um, Micah's last book, The UFO Singularity, I mean, some of, the, some of the way that the whole idea and the concept of singularity came to us was actually ridiculously synchronistic and strange, and there was a lot of weird things kind of happening around us within the time. And so he and I were both, like, really super in touch uh, uh, talking about all these crazy concepts of, you know, the potential merge of humanity and technology and, and stuff like that. And so, you know, when it comes to some of the more cryptozoological aspects, you know, I try to stay as open-minded as I possibly can. Uh, is there a Bigfoot out there? I'm not sure. If he is out there, that would be super awesome. I think we can all agree. Um, UFOs, it's the same thing. Uh, Micah and I, uh, we, you know, feel pretty... I, I mean, we pretty much see eye to eye on all of those subjects. So when I came into it, I was, I, I pretty much had the same perception of it all. But I will say, you know, being within the world, you definitely get definitely get learned on a lot of things, and especially when you're sitting there listening to Micah Hanks every day, you know. <laughs> yeah, and some of the guests too, right? Talking oh, to some of the guests. Totally. Oh yeah. I mean, man, I don't. I can't even think. Mike is kind of a founding father of Grimerica. Actually, well, not the Paradigm Symposium for you two, because it's funny that you say the Paradigm Symposium is kind of when you kind of shifted into this world, because that's kind of when uh, when the footwork really got laid for for us and and starting the podcast and starting the website and everything too. Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, I'm glad you guys are doing doing this thing, man. I'm. It sounds fun <laughs> yeah is. we figured why the fuck not right we get to talk to people and just have a good time yeah and i want to talk to people too and and just like throw it out there that it's okay to talk about this stuff right it's okay to talk about you know spirituality and meditation and i'm more of a new agey type and all that but also ufos and cryptids and everything else that we discussed you know not in a total uh you know one-sided way and but you know being health healthily skeptical but just just that it's okay now like i when I walk around and I meet people and I, 
you know, in normal life, I can talk about this stuff now and, and the ridicule factor is almost gone, I think, like, yeah, at least in my day-to-day life. So, you know, it's nice to be able to, to chat with it to other people. Oh, yeah. I, I think that was what was, was super cool about Paradigm Symposium is because you could walk around and talk to people you'd never met before. And it was just like, we're at Paradigm Symposium. It's already on the table that we're interested in some strange stuff. So it's like you could literally just talk to anybody about anything. And it was like a, it was just like this kind of homecoming for people that were interested in all that stuff. And like, I don't know. I think that that's what, why there was so much appeal to the, to the whole thing. So, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm right there with you with, with being just kind of like open-minded about everything because uh, one of the things that I was wanting to talk about tonight with the, in regard to Gray Street is just the <clears throat> whole kind of um, because you know I'm 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 not a transhumanist or I'm not like a singularitarian as some people call but I will say that I'm a, a futurist and I'm excited to see what the future brings and why I think that doing something artistic is very important too um, just as a society and economically and techno technology goes. Uh, it's really kind of furthering because I was always looking at that scene in Star Wars when R2-D2 projects the little hologram and it says, help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. And I was thinking, man, there is some super genius out there right now that saw that scene and he's making that and it's probably going to be on the iPhone in five years. So, you know, I was thinking like, man, you know, art is really important to inspiring people and and then you get these developers out there that are actually trying to make these things and then these innovations become reality i mean just the fact that we have like touch screen interface readily available on these devices that we call cell phones when the least thing that they do is make a phone call i mean it's incredible man i love seeing where it's going yeah, everything starts from a thought, right? Everything starts from a, a creative thought, and then from there it becomes material. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, I envy, like, I've never really been the artistic type, so this is kind of interesting doing this for me because it, it does force you to be a little bit creative, but I envy artists like yourself who are into all kinds of uh, expression through music and visual art and, and all kinds of media. Like, you have to kind of have this attitude of confidence and not really caring what people think. Oh, yeah. Definitely got to have a tough skin, and especially when you put yourself out there on like a podcast and stuff, because man, everybody's got an opinion, and sometimes it's stuff you don't want to hear, but you know, you can't let the negativity get to you, and you can't completely, uh, you can't completely just write off what somebody says, even if it is true. You know, you can critique yourself healthily in the right ways. I think. Yeah, no doubt, there'll always be fucking trolls out there. <laughs> yeah we've been lucky actually so far we haven't got any hate mail i'm sure some's on the way for sure but it's just a matter of time until i put my foot in my mouth on some sort of a level well we're all human for the time being and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> till 2023 or no what was it 2035 2029 2029 we used to have that countdown on the website but we don't have it since we went to wordpress i'm gonna put it back up the countdown to the singularity <laughs> definitely some interesting stuff man uh, on that note, I think uh, let's take a, a quick break. You guys don't mind if we take a quick break, eh? No, it's Sounds all good. good. Okay, we'll take a, a quick break here, and we'll be back with more with uh, Caleb Hanks of the Grayling Report, creator of Gray Street. We'll be right back.
Okay, and we're back with more with Caleb Hanks of the Grayland Report, uh, creator of Gray Street, um, and a prominent musician. So you said you started playing in in real in regular gigging bands when you were around fifteen. Yeah, um, actually, the the same day my dad became an ordained priest in in the Episcopalian Church, I literally left the ceremony and went downtown and played. The first rock show I ever played, I was playing drums at the time with a band that was me and all girls. The band was called Betty's Witch Cake. Great <laughs> band name. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but from there on, I was uh, I played in all kinds of bands. I played uh, bass in a ska band called Dawn of the Dude, which was another terrible band name. Wow, um, that, is, that is bad. Yeah, <laughs> Alternative Press Magazine... <laughs> to us, the band was a big joke, but they put us in the top 10 worst album titles of all time, <laughs> or of 2000, whatever it was, because we had, an, we had an album come out on Ort Records, which was a subsidiary of Lobster Records, uh, and the album was called International Time Travel with Magical Babes. I wonder why they had a problem with that. That sounds pretty cool to me. I don't know why that would be so bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I think it's, you know, it's somewhere on the internet. You can probably find it. And uh, and then I was in a band called the Nova Echo, which was kind of uh, that project I was talking about, the clerk that I'm going to be doing online. Um, I'd had that idea since I was like 16 years old. I'm 27 now. And um, the Nova Echo was kind of a side project of the clerk because I'd been doing songs as the clerk uh, in home recordings forever. But now I'm just kind of turning it into something a bit more serious but um, I was with a band called the Nova Echo, and we toured a decent amount. Uh, we played Camp Bisco in Albany, New York, which is the Disco Biscuits' big crazy festival. And I mean, just lots of uh, lots of people doing lots of substances and scaring the living crap out of me. But um, it was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, after that, I just kind of decided I didn't want to try to waste my time uh, getting into the industry because it is kind of changing now. And uh, then I sat around for a year just kind of hanging out like, hey, I'm not playing music anymore. And then I decided I was like the guy from the Hurt Locker and couldn't not be in a band. So me and a bunch of my friends from high school just recently started a ska band called Crazy Tom Banana Pants. I'm really good at band names. Yes. <laughs> do you ever see uh, Betty and the Witch Cakes around at all? I do. I'm actually friends with pretty much all of them. That's cool. I'm not even going to say what my old band was called. Oh, there's, come on. No, there's come zero on. chance. No. What, really? No, seriously, I'm not saying. Not on the air. Never. I'll tell you <laughs> off the air, but I'll tell you at Paradigm Symposium, Caleb. All right. Sounds good, man. <laughs> it was fucked up. <laughs> I'm not was that the band name, or is that just how you're describing it? That's how I'm describing it, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it definitely is something people could take offense to. Ah, uh, I see. Are you coming to Paradigm this year? Oh yeah, man! I'll be there. You'll be a big part of it, I suppose, this year. I'm. I probably will. I'm not exactly sure what uh, I have as far as duties, but um, you know, I'll definitely be a big part of the production. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I can't wait to see everybody again. Yeah, I like that. My duties are zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. I think you'll have duties. You kind of had duties last year too, but dirty duties. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit of grasp on. So uh, that's Paradigm Symposium 2013 we're talking about, right? Same place, Minnesota. Indeed. Uh, Mi Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yeah. And the the lineup looks really good this year. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, 
to check everybody out. Oh yeah, there's a ton of ton of people up there this year. Um, it's it's going to be a little different as far as the the scope of what people are talking about as to where last year's was more focused towards ancient aliens, but I think it's still going to be super entertaining. I don't have all the details as I am one of the peons, but I'm sure Micah has uh, has some more details about that. I, John Ward's coming back though, right? Oh, I'm sure he is. Uh, <laughs> he was everybody's favorite. Yeah, he was great. I know RPJ's coming for sure. He's he's been we've been talking to him quite a bit lately. So, yeah, man. He said he'll be there with bells with a luchador mask on, probably. Yeah, I'm excited about that because I. Oh man, I've just. I introduced the RPJ character into Gray Street, and I've just been having so much fun with it because, I don't know, like, RPJ, the first time I met him, and I'm sure the first time you guys met him, when I saw him, I had always heard about this guy, Red Pill Junkie, in the blog sphere. Like, I just heard of him, heard of him, and heard of him. He was like this notorious dude, and I see this damn near seven-foot-tall dude in a big red luchador mask walk up, and I just started cackling, man. I was like, this is so awesome. It was like meeting a real-life superhero because it's somebody that's notorious, and you hear about him for so long, and then you see it, and you're like, wow, this is this is ridiculous. Yeah, I remember that uh, crystal clear, Yeah, him walking in the back of the conference. I'm like, that must be RPJ. <laughs> I, I had met him previously. so. Oh, I did? Yeah. Or no, maybe yeah, I did. I met, I knew him before. Did I? No, maybe I didn't. No, because I, I met him. Yeah, I did. I think I met him in the bar downstairs. Uh, yeah, I was buying a drink. What and, a shocker! Uh, hey, man, what the fuck is that supposed to be? And uh, and yeah, he asked. Uh, I forget how it happened, but anyway, we started talking about uh, nicknames, and mine came up, and he asked if I was the one from Mysterious Universe. They gave me a big Mexican hug. It was great. <laughs> so did you listen to uh, last week's uh, interview with uh, Peter Robbins then? I guess so. You were probably right there, right? Uh, on, the, on your Graylian? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I thought that was fascinating, the way he was talking about um, <clears throat> the start of the ridicule factor going all the way back to 1947. Oh, yeah, man. He's a super nice guy, and he's super knowledgeable. That's one of the things that I liked about Peter is that he's like – He's skeptical in his roots, but he's not what Micah calls a snark dick. He's not one of these dudes that's going to be rude to you about it. It's just that he's, you know, grounded himself in, you know, what he can take away from, you know, not being a sensationalist as soon as you see something bizarre, you know. I love that. Yeah, and he's one of these guys that puts in the hours and hours of research, right? He'll piece together all these uh, articles like that he talked about. He went to uh, the New York Times and read like hundreds and hundreds of articles over and over again to try and get some, you know, some trend uh, out of it. And, oh, yeah. uh, I mean, for me, I'm thinking, geez, 1947, the summer of 47, Roswell, the Cold War started in the CIA shortly after that. Like, what a coincidence that is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Have you uh, had anything else? Have you had anything strange happen to you? You know, um, <clears throat> over the years, I've I've experienced a few slightly strange things. I think that most of them have just kind of been odd little synchronicities. Um, the only time that I ever saw anything, as far as like a UFO, um, and and when I say UFO, I do not mean an a, a, a craft 
piloted by aliens from another planet. I just mean a flying object that I cannot identify immediately. Um, I was out west with a with a couple of friends, and we were driving through. I think we were driving from Texas into New Mexico that day. Fittingly, New Mexico, and um, <clears throat> and I was laying in the back seat, kind of napping, and I was just looking up at the sky. And way, way up in the sky, there was this thing that looked like a huge, like a barbell, like a dumbbell, like a weight you would l- use in um in the weight room, just floating way super high up in the air. I was like, well, that's curious looking. So I just kind of um, nodded off and fell asleep. And when I woke up about two hours later, uh, my friend and his dad up in the front were talking about it they're like pointing up in the sky and looking at this thing going man what is that and i looked up and i was like yeah i was looking at the thing uh, a minute ago and then i realized that two hours had passed we had driven from texas into new mexico <clears throat> driven you know qu- quite a few miles and this thing was still up in the air and and you could see it perfectly and i'm thinking like well Unless this plane or whatever it is has been flying along with us this whole time, that's a little bizarre, you know? So I don't know to this day what that was, but it's probably one of the only things that I could say was like a a UFO, so to speak. That's interesting. What did, what did your uh, the other people with you think it was? They didn't know. They had no idea. I mean, we all just kind of came to the conclusion that it was some sort of weird looking blimp or some sort of weird weather balloon nobody was able to really conclusively say what they thought it was therefore aliens therefore aliens <laughs> so how who's the most interesting interesting person you've got to talk to so far being part of the the grayling report gosh man um you know paradigm was one thing uh super incredible people out there the late great philip coppins uh, right. God rest his soul, man. He was, he was so cool. Yeah. He was yeah. so super cool. And like, I, some of the people, when we were out um, at the UFO Congress in uh, in uh, Arizona, that was super fun. Graham, I remember at one point sneaking up on you. Do you remember that? Where was where was I? We were outside a ballroom, and I just like walked up super oh, close. Yeah. And you turned around, like, "Wow, what? Where did you come from?" But uh, yeah, man. Uh, one of the, my favorite people that I, that I met out there was Mark D'Antonio, and we had him on the Graylian Report just a few um, weeks ago. And man, some of the stuff that he told us—he told the story on the podcast um, about being on a submarine and seeing what was called a fast mover. Which, which is this thing they pick up on the radar that's underwater. It's flying, man. It's going so fast. And the guy that's watching the radio just says to the colonel, Sir, we have a fast mover. And he says, All right, document it. Yeah, dog it and log it or something like that. Yeah, dog it and log it. And, he, and, all the, and Mark asked the guy, like, Can you tell me anything more about these fast movers? And the only thing the guy said was, Are you having fun on the submarine? And he goes, Yeah. He goes, Good. <laughs> you know, didn't wasn't gonna say anything else about it. So I mean, God, there's a ton of people, but Mark D'Antonio is probably one of the coolest, most interesting dudes. I mean, it gets into some crazy stuff talking to him. 
I agree with you 100%. I w- he's he's kind of on on the top of my list too for the guys I've met recently. Like I remember you guys talking about you know musical instruments and we were talking about the didgeridoo and how it can alter your consciousness. I mean just getting into all these crazy topics with a guy like that. I mean he's just into so many different things. Oh, I know. It's crazy. And uh, you know, I guess this is a little off topic, but while I'm here, I, I did have a little bit of uh, breaking news to share with you guys. Ah, yeah, I was going to ask you if anything's new. Um, in, the, in the realm of the Graylian, there's always some new development, but this one is a pretty big deal. Uh, we, just a few days ago, signed the contracts. We are going to be doing another radio program. It's going to be on the KGRA radio network. It's going to be called uh, the Micah Hanks Radio Program, and that is going to be every Sunday night from 8 to 10 p.m., um, and it's uh, it's going to be fun, man. Uh, we are really excited to be jumping on with the KGRA guys, and uh, Race there, who kind of runs everything, is just a super positive guy, and uh, we're just stu- super stoked to, to work with everybody, so we're hoping this show's going to go off with a bang. <laughs> So are are we still gonna are we gonna be able to get access to that in the regular Grayley and show feed or will we need to, to to get a new feed? What uh what's gonna be the deal with that is um Grayley and Report is gonna stay exactly how it is. Um <clears throat> the new show it's gonna go uh if you listen to it live, you can catch it, like I said, from from eight to ten uh eight to ten o'clock. Um, but I believe the podcasts are going to be available to subscribers, but after a certain period of time, they'll be to the public for free. So um, it will be a somewhat exclusive thing, but after a time period, then you'll be able to listen to any backlogged show for free. Oh, uh, I think we'll be signing up for that. <laughs> Heck yeah, man. And then uh, Grayling will still be on Tuesdays. You'll keep that yeah. going. So that'll be a pretty busy couple days for you guys. Yeah, you know, um, it is what it is. Uh, we we were talking about doing another show for a little while, and and when KGRA approached us about it, we just said, you know what, I think this this feels right, and we're just gonna jump into it. Why not? So, what are you are you guys gonna talk about the same type of stuff, or are you gonna be more into uh, you know mainstream news topics, that type of thing? Um, it's it's gonna be um. It's going to be similar to Graylian Report, but the focus is going to be a little different as to where with Graylian we we focus on the the goblins and and Bigfoots and UFO and stuff like that. Uh, but with this, I think we're going to be looking a little bit more at you know conspiracy theory, uh, exopolitics, that kind of stuff, um, a bit of the paranormal stuff. But it, uh, because I think that there's this kind of wave happening where people are starting to look at conspiracy theory a bit more in depth because, I mean, we just found out through some recent scandals that people are being monitored vigorously through their uh, cell phone providers, and people are starting to look at that in mass, being like, what the hell is going on? And so I think it, it's time to start criticizing this, this, the way things are being run a little bit more. Yeah, something's definitely opening up with the with the mainstream media. Like I'm shocked at uh, at how they're covering this, and and the last few things you guys have been talking about too, like the Benghazi thing and the the IRS thing. Like there's all these scandals that are uh, that are kind of making us uh, us people that used to talk about this stuff not look so crazy anymore. 
It's totally. defi- definitely opening up. Totally. So, yeah, we're super amped on it. Can't wait to start. I think we're going to be doing the first show on Sunday, July the 7th. Wow, that's right away. That's like, what, three weeks? That, no, yeah, three weeks, I guess. Yeah, so we're, we're trying to get in as much promotion as we possibly can here in the next few weeks. Yeah, well, we'll definitely uh, link to it in the show notes as well so that uh, so that people can click right over and, and find it. Uh, what was uh, You'll have to e- email me the uh, all the info on it. Yeah, definitely. We can do that. Yeah, one thing I like about, about you guys talking every Tuesday on the Grayland is how you bring up some of the, the news topics. And, you know, it's part of my kind of weekly dose of what's going on down there in America. Yeah. Um, I, I have a hard time. Well, I don't have a lot of time, so but keeping up on on the mainstream news is uh, a challenge for me in many ways. Oh yeah, I I think that's another thing too about certain podcasts. Like when I started doing podcasting, I never thought that I would really get into like listening to podcasts. But that's the thing; it's like you kind of have these little as to where you can pick up pieces of news here and there from sporadic entities on the internet. Uh, which to whatever you're choosing, it's kind of nice to have something that's just kind of funneling it all down to one channel and you can just kind of get cliff notes. So yeah, I, I appreciate the format too. My brother is one of those guys that can kind of look at the big picture and, and, and piece it together pretty well. Um, and you know, it's definitely helpful for me, <laughs> you know, what other, is there any other podcasts you really like other than, uh, other than, uh, the Grayley report and the, the Grimerica show, obviously. Oh man, dude! I'm wearing my Grimerica T-shirt right now. I made it myself. I made it with like that sparkly glue. <laughs> uh, you know, um, it, it's a pretty wide range. Um, I do a lot of a lot of driving in in my line of work. I mean, we're a regionally touring bluegrass band for most of the time, so um, it 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 ranges. Uh, it can go from like something that's political, like the No Agenda show. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, I that. fucking love the No Agenda show, buddy. No Agenda's great, man. Adam Curry has an incredible, uncanny ability to put together some some narratives that you just wouldn't pick up on. What did you think of that Adobe shit? Oh man, that one was incredible. I mean, I think that the the link between what he was talking about, how Steve Jobs had fought so hard to keep Flash out of Apple, and then I he mean, got it, cancer. I know. I mean, that's, you know, you can jump out and say whatever you want. It, it, I won't say that I think that somebody did that to him, that some big entity did, but it is an interesting uh, coincidence. And I will say uh, just in the regard that, and Adam Curry brought this up, how many people do you see that are up on the higher echelon of the economic society that get cancer and die from it, you know? Yeah, and then fucking buddy from Adobe went over there to work for Apple all of a sudden. Pretty pretty crazy stuff. So, you know, and like like I try to look at things when I'm on the Grayley and I try to stay in the middle and don't get too far out there, but when you see weird little inconsistencies like that, it's a good it's a good uh exercise I think to just note it and keep it in the back of your mind and say, "Hmm, that's interesting." If something else pops up that you can really tie it all together and then, you know, there you go. Um, but you know, uh, also on the same vein, like I'll listen to a podcast called, uh, uh, nothing to write home about. That's like punk rockers that have lived through the, through the, the dawn of not being able to sell CDs and like what they're doing now. I mean, (laughs) it's just interesting to me hearing these guys talk about that. I used to like listen to in bands, but yeah, I mean, 
that's another thing. Like the the No Agenda show is another one of those great you know funnels of of information that you don't have to go out and really search for yourself, and you can kind of take their theories for what they are, or just you know buy into it all together I, I try to stay skeptical but i think that show's great man I, I think it's very really informative and it's really well thought out plus those guys are just hilarious yeah it's hard to uh, listen to uh normal terrestrial radio now like I, I i really can't listen to normal radio like i've got access to whatever i want to listen to in whatever genre at any time so except during flame season gotta love me some calgary flames buddy I guess you guys don't really give a shit about hockey in North Carolina, though. What's hockey? Yeah. I'm just playing. That's what I thought. That's what I thought, eh? This is my fault. I actually, dude, I just, I never understood sports. If anybody knows what I look like, I'm a lanky, skinny guy that that got the crap beat out of him on the soccer field back in grade school. So I never, I was the guy sitting back there trying to learn how to play guitar. So, did you see that shit about that 700-pound snake in North Carolina? Was that real? I thought it was real. I haven't seen the story, but that's a big snake. <laughs> if I'll check it out. I mean, if I ever see a 700-pound snake, I will probably um, implode and die. Because that's terrifying. I'm just looking for that link now. I think I sent it. I think I sent it to your brother, actually. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully it's nowhere near me. That would be awful. Did they kill it? I can't find it yet. (laughs) Oh, I bet you it's in my Thunderbird shit here. One sec. Now that's something. If you guys ever uh, dig up the Thunderbird picture, that thing's been missing. It's 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 in the same warehouse as the the Ark of the Covenant Covenant. Yeah, I use Thunderbird for email just because it has that cool fucking name. I think that's what it's called, Thunderbird. Yeah, it's got to be. So what else is new on uh, Grayling then? Well, um, you know, I'm always... I'll, I'll give you guys a little sneak peek into the plot of Gray Street if you'd like. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so Micah has been going down... And this is the thing that I try to do with Gray Street. And I won't even, I won't even tell you what aspects are slightly real and what aspects are... I mean, obviously, certain things are just impossible that happen in the webcomic, but there is a lot that happens in the webcomic that actually happens in real life. Like, when you see Tyler's character walking down the street with that little electronic cigarette in his mouth, that's because he always has that electronic cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> really? uh, one of the lines... Um, one of the lines where he's talking about a advanced race of uh, intelligent, technologically advanced squids... Highly unlikely, or the, he says something along the lines of just like mummies and ancient sarcophaguses, highly unlikely. Well, we knew Tyler back in the day. We've known him for, for years, and he and I actually played in a band together when we were teenagers. And we used to make short films, and one of his famous lines in our home movies was, Mummies and ancient sarcophagus, sarcophaguses? <laughs> highly unlikely. <laughs> so I had to throw that in there. But, you know, there's, there, I try to throw in a lot of stuff in Gray Street that's like pretty much reality. And I just kind of like to keep, the f- keep people guessing <laughs> if, I, if I have fans. I don't know. I would imagine maybe just some of the listeners of the Graylian that's seen the stuff like how much of this stuff really goes on. And um, there's going to be some really fun developments with uh, our friend Red Pill Junkie um, and some Hadal creatures. And um, 
Yeah, it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy because um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a phenomena that happens um, near us called the Brown Mountain Lights. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Mike has been doing a lot of research into that stuff uh, lately, and um, so I am going to kind of allude in Gray Street to exactly what is causing the Brown Mountain Lights, and that's the that's the thing that I like about Gray Street is that we get to take the mythos of these things that we've been hearing about forever, like Bigfoot and and Loch Ness Monster or what have you, and just kind of even more so immortalize these characters and have some fun with it. Because with, with a character like a Bigfoot, there's already a built-in fan base to it because it's like such a well-known uh, creature in, in the mythology, if you want to call it that. He might even be a real dude walking around out there eating Jack Link's beef jerky. But, uh, you know... I think that people can kind of relate to these creatures a little bit. Maybe if you're a fan of the movie The Descent, you'll understand the Hadel stuff a little bit more. But I don't know. I'm going to make some likable ones and then some not-so-likable ones. And RPJ is really not going to like the not-so-likable ones. That's what I'm going to let you know. <laughs> we know all about Hadels up here, buddy. <laughs> In fact, there's a couple next door. Yeah, little pricks. <laughs> I think, uh, <clears throat> didn't Micah say he was going to write a book on the Brown Mountain Lights or... Yeah, he's currently working on one, so... Yeah, looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Here's that shit on that snake. Yeah, a 90, 98 feet long. That's fake. Wow, fake. did it say what kind of snake it was? It's a big uh, snake. <laughs> the big variety. Somebody yeah, no, it looks, it looks fake. It's, like four, it's hanging from like four stories above the Reticulated python. Somebody flush a python down the toilet and then it turns into some Lake Placid scenario. Was there a snake in Lake Placid? No, but it was the giant alligator. I'm just substituting the alligator for a snake. They kill via constriction. It says that. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't say. I guess it could be fake, I but I don't know. That's Pythonicus ridiculous looking. to me. <laughs> that the, the second picture looks real, but they could it could be photoshopped for sure. Yeah. You'd I mean, probably be a better judge of that than us, but yeah, I'll have to look it up for sure. I mean, it, it's incredible what what's making it, like what people are able to do with programs like Photoshop and Blender, which is a computer animation program. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw it a little while back. This <laughs> this video was blowing up on the internet of uh, a kid getting picked up by a bald eagle. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. Well, it, it looked believable enough, but it was completely computer generated. And it was somebody's like, college project but it was like blowing up on the internet it was so convincing that there was a lot of people being like holy crap this kid got picked up by a freaking eagle that doesn't happen every day hmm. but it, yeah i it, think i think real. i heard of that I, I didn't uh i didn't check it out though that's you know and that's like i love talking about it because i just love technology i sat and watched the last mac keynote the other day and i was just like drunk jumping for joy but you know that's that is a sign as to how uh how advanced technology is actually becoming. And if, if you look into it very much and, and the ideas of the singularity, you know, there is a technology is growing exponentially. There is no doubt about it. And that is why, you know, around 10 years ago, we had these glorified calculators for cell phones. And now we have completely touch screen interface and uh, all that crap. So it's just like, man, this stuff is happening quick. Yeah, it changes ufology too because you know you can't. There's so much uh, crap out there now. 
you know, you can't really you can't really prove a picture or video is real. You can just prove it's fake, right? I remember hearing that back in the, like the the mid '90s, right? They're saying that, and it's still true, you know. So I wonder if like multiple witness testimony will become more sort of important as we go on. Definitely. I mean, everybody's got a camera pretty much on their phone, and so if something does, you know, pop out in the sky, there's reporters all over the place not you know like traditional reporters but people the people are the reporters and uh you know there's more of an opportunity to catch a real ufo but also like i was saying i mean blender is a free computer animation program that you can do basically everything that pixar does and if you just have an apt uh, an aptitude towards being able to work a program like that you can hoax a ufo any day of the week and throw that up on youtube and hundreds of thousands of people could believe it's real you know it's just a, it's a time where you really gotta keep a keen eye out for bs you know <laughs> just make sure what you're looking at is by your best judgment legitimate we're the bullshit police <laughs> heck yeah man mars one bullshit <laughs> graham says he's going but I say yeah. it's bullshit. I've been trying to get someone on for an interview now for a while, too, and they, they just don't respond. Didn't Justin Bieber say he was going? He can go. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you guys can have him. I was going to say, if Justin Bieber goes, are you going to go, Graham? Yeah, I might change my mind. <laughs> I'm stuck on it. What if it was just you guys? Like, wow, I went to Mars. <laughs> just and you and Bieber? Maybe. I want exclusive rights in the podcast. Leave it to Bieber. <laughs> Well, uh, I suppose we should uh, we should wrap up here. Um, one more time, is there anything you want to plug before we go? Other than, obviously, Gray Street. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, uh, if, you're, if you're listening, check out Gray Street. It's pretty fun. Also, if you want to find out more about us, it's just graylianreport.com. Um, and, you know, contact us, email us if you want. If you got some crazy stories, we're always reading people's uh, stories on the air and, and talking about it, so hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. And when does the new show start? The new show will start on Sunday, July 7th, and um, that is going to be, if you live on the East Coast in America, Eastern Standard Time. Um, America. Yeah. America. Old America. And then, of course, people can find you at Caleb Hanks on Twitter. Yeah, at Caleb Hanks on Twitter. If you want to see the strange ramblings of a madman, sometime I post my Vine videos on there, and uh, that's that's just an avenue for me to um, act like a crazy person while I'm when I'm bored. So fun stuff. Very cool. All right, man. Well, that was. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great talking to you guys. And that was our chat with uh, Caleb Hanks from the Grilling Report, creator of Gray Street, uh, uh, and a great musician as well. Makes all the music for the Grayland Report, and he's in a uh, a, a traveling band and and, and and the whole nine yards. So, um, what did you think, Graham? Caleb's a, a truly fascinating individual. 
Yeah, like I said to uh, to him in the in the chat, I admire his artistic uh, ability. Like he's uh, one of those true artists, like of all types. And uh, I'm sure we'll be keeping up with those guys in the next little while, the symposiums. And it's interesting how he got involved at the same time we did. Yeah, we definitely have that in common. The Paradigm Symposium seemed to truly be a uh, a paradigm shift for for quite a few people. So and it's good to hear those guys doing some extra stuff and start up another show and yeah it's cool yeah i can't wait to to hear the no shoot you can always you can always have a a more graylian gang fix for sure and um i was kind of waiting for those guys to do something uh something subscription based because they've been around long enough and they've got a good enough show that that i think it's uh, it's perfect so i'm sure we'll uh we'll subscribe as soon as we can and what do we got coming up uh next will probably be scotty roberts um he did uh the rise of the nephilim i think rise and fall of the nephilim yeah the rise and fall of the nephilim and then he's got uh his new reptilian book as well we'll be talking about that too and we'll have rpj coming on with him yeah rpj is coming on for that as well and then um after that'll probably be uh robbie graham from silver screen saucers will be silver screen saucers will be coming back on or uh sorry coming on since uh since we pushed him back all right well i guess that's uh and then of course have you start did you go out and did you buy uh brotherhood of the screaming abyss yeah did you buy that yet no i went to a bookstore to try and get it <clears throat> they didn't it. have it no they can't See, even order it so you gotta get it on ebay dude yeah yeah i'll do that yeah it's good i'm i'm i think i'm like 120 pages in or something and then uh yeah so we will have dennis mckenna coming up uh, probably i'd say by july 10th or by the middle of july I can't wait for that. That'll be that'll be a, a real fun one too. But on that note, I suppose we might as well wrap it up. Hey, Graham, you got anything else you want to add before we uh, hit the road? No, that's about it. Okay, we'll have uh, we'll have links to Caleb's band, the uh, the Graylian Report, Gray Street. Actually, I think I, I might even put a permanent link to the Gray Street down at the bottom of Gramerica page with uh, Mysterious Universe and Graylian Report and all the other links. I'll I'll throw Gray Street up there just as well. Might as well. Yeah. And uh, we'll have links to all the music you heard in this episode as well. So have a good one, guys, and we'll see you when we see you. Microphone check, micro microphone check. Check, 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 check. We'll talk louder than that, dude. Yeah, I need to do a regular conversation check. Yeah, exactly. That's better. Talk like big boy voice. Big boy voice. Big boy voice. Big boy voice. Big boy voice.